0: Africa Climate Podcast.
1: Hello, welcome to another week here at Africa Climate Podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbokwa. Now, this year alone... Climate-related disasters like floods, cyclones, droughts have devastated many sub-Saharan African countries. As temperatures rise, so does the losses in livelihoods and damages in key infrastructure, hampering development and country planning. In Kenya, Ethiopia and Somalia, rains have failed consecutively. By March 2022, more than 13 million people were severely food insecure. The World Food Programme says this number could grow to 20 million people by the end of this year within the Horn of Africa. Kenya's National Drought Management Agency reports that more than 1.5 million animals have died. In Somali, Oromia and the southern western region of Ethiopia, Drought has resulted in over 1.5 million livestock dead. As a result, Kenya has recorded an 80% decline in milk production, negatively affecting children's nutrition. UNICEF says between February and April this year, at least 10 million children faced acute hunger, malnutrition, and thirst due to drought in the Horn of Africa. Now, since 2010, three severe droughts have severely impacted the Horn of African countries. In Kenya, communities are still grappling with losses and mental health impacts of rising water levels in the Rift Valley lakes. In the Great Rift Valley, Wesley Langat visited these communities in Nakuru City, northwest of Nairobi. He filed us this story. It's 10 a.m.
2: here at Barot Village in Nakuru. Helen Waisonga, a mother of four, is sitting under a tree, staring at the waters of Lake Nakuru, hoping that one day water will retreat so that she goes back to her home. Two years ago, her three bedroom house was destroyed by flood. The house remains only in photos, but now a debris is in reality.
3: Helen My name is Helen Waisonga. I have four children and I was selling food on the roadside. We saved money with my husband until we bought this plot with 300,000 Kenyan shillings and it cost us a half a million shillings to build a three-bedroom house. When the lake flooded, we were displaced and now we rent new rooms for our family.
2: The Rift Valley Lakes in East Africa, like Lake Paringo, Turkana and Pokoria among others, plays a key role in supporting the livelihood of the local communities. For many years, Residents depend on this lake for fishing, farming and livestock keeping. It is also a UNESCO World Heritage Site with rich flora and fauna that form a major tourist attraction. But the recent rising level of water in this lake have become disastrous, displacing thousands of people.
3: Previously, I used to live in my own house, but we were displaced by the flooding, so I started paying rent again. The disaster came as a shock to us. Two of my neighbors died because of stress. Imagine you are being displaced out of your own house, thinking how to cater for your family needs with no source of income is hard. And because of this, my husband was depressed for two years, but he is okay now.
2: Dr. Kinyanjui Kaimori is a climatologist working in the Ministry of Environment, Water, Energy and Natural Resources at the county government of Nakuru. Explain the causes of water rising. The rising water
4: levels have been caused by geologic and tectonic activities, that is, the shifting and the moving of the geologic uh, plates. These plates, once they are moving apart, they lead to water being released from the underground aquifers, which basically causes these lakes to increase their water levels from underground. Another scenario was due to human impacts, that is, uh, deforestation, It has led to what we call uh, soil erosion to increase. There's a lot of silt that has increased into the lakes and this is what has led to the sea floor bed, thereby causing the water to spill over. And then the third factor has been due to climate change. Climate change has played a huge role whereby we have seen the global warming effect uh, happening. And this tells you that uh, as the temperatures increase globally, then you expect the lakes and the rivers to increase because once the temperatures increase it leads to the melting of glaciers in the north pole and the south pole and eventually that water trickles down because we live in a huge hydrological
2: cycle that is the earth. In this village residents are now squatters while others are staying with their relative. For John Maragoli another victim of flood could not cope with the harsh condition and the rising cost of living. He decided to move to a new place and start farming to support his family. When the flood affected us, it really stressed me a lot. Children need food and school fees. Life became very difficult and used to survive on fishing and selling of fish. But the government banned it. We had no other source of income. That's why some of my neighbors committed suicide. But for me... I decided to move to Taita-Taveta and start farming instead of committing suicide. Farming activities here has helped me a lot. I don't have suicidal thoughts again. At least, I have a source of income to support my family. The combined effects of climate change and the COVID-19 pandemic is threatening the global development gains the 2021 global report on internal displacement shows that out of 41 million new internally displaced persons 31 million people have been displaced by storm and flood as a result subjecting millions of people from developing countries to poverty
4: we have seen even schools being submerged especially schools that have had a huge tolls remember this what has even affected infrastructure as even roads so many roads have been uh, submerged that is the short scenario in terms of the flooding And we expect those plans to increase as time moves on. So this is a national problem of which the government also is calling on investors to help them come up with what we call uh, uh, grants that can help them to scale up and climate-proof this infrastructure that we have.
2: According to the International Monetary Fund, IMF, consequences of climate change are concentrated in low-income countries. In this region, millions of people do not have adequate access to healthcare services. Therefore, exposure to shock of climate change, such as living through a disaster, leads to mental health problems. Mr. Ireki Mwenja is the founder and the chief executive officer of the Psychiatric Disability Organization, a community-based mental health organization, explains.
5: Well, obviously, when a disaster happens, the first thing is... Uh... It destabilizes you and causes a lot of emotional distress at that at the time. And depending on the nature of that disaster, some people also develop uh, what you call post uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, arising from the trauma. But uh, you know, in the days following a disaster, a lot of people will develop uh, anxiety, depression, sleep disorders, and uh, just emotional distress.
2: huge percentage of people are grappling with the impact of climate change, affecting their mental health. This comes as a result of post-disaster traumas and anxiety about their future.
5: For example, the pastoral drought comes, they lose livestock, and we have seen even some of them dying through suicide and and getting many other uh, psychological disturbances. The good thing is this happens gradually, Mm -hmm. And it gives us more room to prepare them and to arm them with skills to to survive through that disaster. But uh, there are measures that can be taken, for example, you know, policy measures and, you know, socioeconomic measures
2: that need to be taken. As the climate change related disaster continues to affect millions of people, ruining their livelihood and even causing death, there is need for government to utilize climate change fund. ...to compensate victims so as to cushion them. In addition, mental health policy should be implemented effectively.
1: That was Wesley Langat reporting from Nakuru County in the Great Rift Valley. Away from the Horn of Africa, the Sahel and West Africa... ...the number of hungry people have quadrupled over the last three years... As of this April 2022, the UN World Food Program reports 41 million people facing hunger, about 6 million children currently under malnutrition in the Sahel. Now, last month in April, the KwaZulu NATO provincial government said as the rains and floods left 300 people dead, it caused billions worth of destructions to critical infrastructure. The heavy rains destroyed roads bridges electricity and water infrastructure not to mention tropical storms and cyclones this year alone has damaged homes roads water and power infrastructure schools and hospitals in mozambique madagascar and malawi madagascar alone has experienced four major storms since late january now, in Mozambique, the southern eastern Africa, the flooding of the Limpopo River in and 2013 devastated Shokwe City. The Limpopo River is the second largest river in Africa that drains to the Indian Ocean after the Zambezi. Shokwe City is a rural agriculture town in the province of Gaza in Mozambique, located about 250 kilometers north of Mozambique's capital city, Maputo, and famous for its tomatoes. While bridges, roads, and homes were destroyed, over 700 people died. Most of its 70,000 residents were evacuated to Shia Accommodation Center after the 2013 floods. The government provided the affected population with plots and fields to entice them to stay in elevated areas. About seven years later, key infrastructure like hospitals and schools, essential to this community's survival, are still not available. The land at Shia is not fertile forcing people back to the most fertile land, the Limpopo Riverbanks, despite the flooding warning. Charles Manguire visited Shokwe district and found this story.
0: The Shiakelane Resettlement Center was established to accommodate flood survivors. However, almost half of the nearly 500,000 victims from Maputo, Gaza and the Dinyebani provinces have abandoned the settlement. Communities have returned to their flood prone homes around and within Shokwe city to reclaim their fertile lands for food production and other income generating activities. Sal Sabau Bambo, a 44 year old, is one of the farmers who went back to Shokwe to work in fields and produce their own food. Bambo fled Shokwe floods twice in 2000 and in 2013. Bambo says he returned to Shokwe city after the government and donor agencies discontinued assistance. <laughs>
1: Because of floods,
3: we fled to accommodation centres. The government gave us plots to build our homes, but the government said we should use our own resources. But there are no fields there to produce our food. So we returned.
0: However, 60-year-old widow Gilda Mohat still lives at the Shiakilana resettlement Centre. Muhate lives with her five grandchildren. Their parents died during the floods. Muhate makes a living out of cooking bean pastries, selling them at a nearby roadside to educate her grandchildren walking 6 kilometers daily to school. Too old to plant and cultivate crops on plots allocated to her by the government. Muhate hopes someday the government will remember her and assist her financially.
3: I came here because of the floods. First in 2000, then again in 2013. In 2013, we ran because of rising waters. We lost almost everything from properties, crops and out animals. On the first days, the government gave us money, food and other basic needs. Then everything stopped immediately afterwards. They gave us an option of having two homes, one in our original villages in Chokwe, where they said we can continue with our activities, but we should run to this place in Shihakelani whenever there are flood warnings. They gave tents to live in and plots to start planting. But I cannot just live in the tent without anything to survive on. That is when I decided to prepare bean pastries and fat cooks, which I then sell at the market by the roadside. I still hope maybe one day the government will remember me and help me with money to do other things something which has led to mid people abandoning this
4: place.
0: Salvador Fernando, the Shiakelane village secretary, worried the villagers returning to the flood-prone areas are exposing themselves to dangers. He has been trying to convince villagers not to return to their homes in the flood-prone areas. But Fernando says, with the government not providing basic amenities like sanitations, electricity, water and school, there's not much he can do.
5: People left because of hunger and lack of other basic needs. Only a few are left, but the bulk went back to Chokwe and left behind most of their belongings. Here, we do not have water and electricity since we arrived. When government leaders come, we always complain in every meeting we hold, but nothing happens. The other problem is that we do not have a secondary school for our children. We made contributions and built three classrooms. The government encouraged us to continue and promised to build three more. Hunger is a major problem as people plant but it yields nothing. We only get cassava and beans. There is nothing here. In 2021, we received a little government help but was immediately discontinued because it was not enough for everyone. So, people just turn back to their places of origins in
6: Chok.
0: But what is the local government doing to safeguard these communities affected twice by floods and in danger of the Limpopo River floods in the future? Here is the Chokwe District Administrator, Isseo Muyanga. Great experience
6: We are creating basic conditions. Shiakelani now is connected to electricity. In 28th March, we installed a borehole. The borehole has the capacity to provide water to 3,000 people. The Consultative Council has approved the construction of the Shiakelani Secondary School. This year, with the community making financial contributions to buy building materials for three classrooms and the government... We will also add three other classrooms this year. This year we will also build fully stocked medical depot in that region to enable supply medicine to the entire district. Today I had a meeting with partners and I asked to build a pharmacy at Shiakelan. But also as government we are thinking about a plan to build a maternity ward and this is because a referral hospital is already there. The government also planned to put all basic service at Shekellen because we know that this is a strategic and at any time we can have flood. A
2: experiência mostra que tudo que nós pretendemos construir agora, nosso objetivo é olhar Shekellen porque é um local estratégico onde em nenhum momento haverá cheios.
0: For now, as communities wait for the government to fulfill its promises, the best they can do is return to the flood-prone areas to sustain their livelihoods despite future flood warnings.
1: That was Charles Manguero reporting from Shokwe in Mozambique. You are listening to the Africa Climate Podcast. Now, these impacts resulting from climate change are exceeding people's ability to adapt. You remember in 2015, nations under the Paris Agreement agreed to work together to ensure the global temperature stays within 2 degrees Celsius. Also, they promised to work towards pushing the global temperatures further down to 1.5 degrees. But the UN Scientific Body, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, reports that Africa warms 1.5 higher than the global average. If the globe is at 1.5 degrees warmer, most of Africa will be at least at 3 degrees Celsius warmer. As a result, the concept of loss and damage is becoming a reality. Loss of livelihoods, habitat, and species is irreversible. Damages to roads and infrastructure can be repaired, but who pays for these losses and damage? Historically, developed countries are responsible for the current levels of warming, having developed using dirty fossil fuels, leading to high level of carbon in the atmosphere. The G20 countries alone are responsible for 80% of global warming, while Africa is responsible for about 4% of warming. To address the loss and damages resulting from the climate change, the Warsaw International Mechanism, or WIM, was established in 2013. Five years later, the Santiago Network on Loss and Damage was established to begin work. The Santiago Network would assist networks, experts, and organizations at local, national, and regional levels in developing countries vulnerable to the adverse effects of climate change. But last year in Glasgow, the issue of loss and damage became highly charged politically among the issues developing countries needed a new financial facility to address loss and damage unfortunately developing countries lost the battle as the united states strongly opposed the establishment of the new financial facility this push continues at cop 27 later this year that is all we had for you today. Remember, the Africa Climate Podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And you can also access it on our website, www.africaclimateconversations.com. Remember, you can also reach us for any comment or Questions using info at com. Next week, Batuan, we will have a swap program from DW, The Living Planet, on climate impacts and solutions from Africa. But after that, we will continue with our normal programming after the DW swap. I will see you soon. Kwaheri. My name is Sophie Mboko.
0: Africa Climate Podcast.